From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast post-draft edition. We are coming to you from the Episcopal School of Jacksonville, the head football coach's office. You may hear in the background... uh, some student athletes working on the weights. I got the music going. Let me remind you, they are student athletes, not athlete students. Yes. Yes. Particularly yes. at the Episcopal. School I would Jackson. prefer athlete students, but we'll go <laughs> with student athletes. With athlete students, much easier to win. That's a terrible thing to start off this <laughs> podcast with, but that's the truth. <laughs> uh, Mark is just back from Nashville in the draft. We're going to talk about the draft. Um, I do want to point out and thank everybody for tuning into our mock draft edition. The mock draft edition of the podcast uh, is the was the highest, most listened to off-season episode of the podcast we've had, Mark. Until this one. Until this one. Yes. And now we take the next step. I will say, though, that in the mock draft that Justin Barney was completely wrong with the completely first pick, by, by the way. Off. By the way, we, Threw had, everything off. we had both Josh Allen and Jawan Taylor going before the Jaguars drafted in our mock draft. Yes, we did. Because of that. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh I think when you have, and I've talked about this, the tiers within the draft. There are, and the tiers are smaller the higher in the draft you are. So I thought there were four elite players in this draft, and then maybe 10 or 12 really, really good players after that, and then maybe 25 or 30 after that in the third tier. Uh, And I thought it would have been realistic for the Jaguars to get a player from the second tier and a player from the third tier with those first two picks. Instead, they get a player from the first tier and a player from the second tier. That's tough to beat. It is tough to beat. And and uh, listen, if you if you look at the the draft in its entirety for us, it's a good draft. You know, on paper, it's a very good draft. Um, you know, if we're jumping right into it, round one, the opportunity to get a Josh Allen, who you and I agree, and most would agree that would have you know, we thought he'd be gone by the Jaguars, but. Too good to pass up. This kid has the potential to be very good. He is an impact player immediately. He will be on the field. And in all likelihood, you know, he has, you know, he's going to have a very good um, uh, career with the Jaguars. Yeah, it's it's early to say that. and uh, But this guy is a special player, a top-tier guy that uh, uh, is going to be a real good one for the Jaguars. You get that. And then you, and you know, Dave Caldwell said they filled needs with their first three picks. And they were the three needs they thought were their biggest needs. Now, I'm not sure I totally agree with I don't. I, I'm with you. Well. I'm with you. But um, pass rushers, get guys who get after the quarterback, and it fits. Again, all you, literally, there, has, there is a book on Tom Coughlin. It was written by Tom Coughlin, who talks about <laughs> in, the, in his book wanting to draft quarterback, left tackle, and pass rusher. All right? Those are the things he values the most in the draft. Well, he went out and drafted one of those high-value spots with that first pick, even though it, you know, dumb luck had fell into their laps. I say dumb luck, Raiders luck. Nice sure. job, Raiders. Sure. Uh, but the, the fact that you get that, hey, great opportunity. The next two picks, though, were need picks for the Jaguars. You hope that the value fits that. Certainly with Juwan Taylor, it appears that it did. Josh Oliver's another story. Uh, not we don't know him as well, obviously. With Taylor playing at at Florida, we know an awful lot about him. Right. 
Josh Oliver, a, a, a big, tall, tight end who's a pass catcher, caught 98 passes in his career at San Jose State. You look at the whole draft, and it's, and it's uh, um, again, uh, Josh Allen, too good to pass up. We addressed the needs at the tackle position, the tight end position, uh, and we got a quarterback. To your point, I, I think it's great. I like Gardner Minshew, uh, six-round pick. Listen, there's, uh, there's a six-round pick out there that went on to do some incredibly good things and continues Mark to do Burnell some Mark Brunell has just things. predicted that Gardner Minshew is the next top There player. you go, and that is our hope. But uh, I had mentioned to you, Cole, not too long ago how much I like the kid. At the combine, for me, he stood out. Not with what he did on the field, that, although that was that was impressive, I thought. Um, he asked questions, very engaging. I like his personality. He's got a little swag about him. It's a good opportunity for him. I'm excited to watch him in preseason and training camp because I think he's, you know, listen, this kid, uh, uh, he could have a very bright future. Now, let me say this. You, you look on Twitter and you, you watch TV and you hear all about these draft grades. I'm not a big fan of draft grades. It's not quite a pet peeve, but it does bother me a little bit because you just don't know. Our draft with the Jaguars... Um, it's an A, Mark. Say it. Listen, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to give it it because <laughs> I'm a firm believer that you... You know, I've been asked out in the community uh, uh, 10 times since the draft, hey, what do you think about the draft? What do you think about the draft? And I'm excited about it. And, uh, but I'm, I'm unwilling to give it a grade because you really have to let this thing play out. Last year, last year at this time, we're looking at last year's draft and we're saying, oh, that's a, you know, that's a B minus or it's a B plus. Well, you know what? It wasn't in the B category. So you don't really know until it plays out. Uh, you got to give it a little bit of time. But if I was to give it yeah, uh, a grade, go. if I was, I'm not going to give it a grade. I'm going to say I would give it higher uh, higher than, a B higher than what last year's <laughs> draft class graded out as, and um, so it was. Uh, listen, it was good. It was a good class. All right, so I'm going to give it an A. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but I'll I'll I sort of look at draft grades like quarter grades in school. You you, you draft it, you grade it after it happens. You grade it after the first year, grade it after the second year, grade it after the third year. If you need a different grade after that. You, it, it would be unusual. So four different grades on the draft. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it an A for now. And I, I really, I got into a discussion on Twitter with, with a couple of fans about the Gardner Minshew pick. And some said, well, why didn't they take a wide receiver here or free safety or, you know, something. And my point was, listen, right now you've got Cody Kessler, Tanner Lee, and Alex Magoo as your quarterbacks behind Nick Foles. The, you don't think you can improve on that spot? And, and Minshew is a guy who learned four different offensive systems in four years in college, showed up at Washington State, nobody knew him, became the starter basically right away based on what he did in pressing the coaches, leads him to 11 wins, you're a UW guy. Washington State winning 11 games is not exactly an easy road, and for what he did there in Pullman, I think uh, very impressive. Plus... The mustache. It pains me to say that I really like this kid from Washington State, <laughs> but I do like him. Uh, obviously, he's got experience with the passing game. Uh, he's won some games, and to your point, he you know that's not easy to do uh, coming out of Pullman. Uh, he he's uh, uh, I'm excited about this, and obviously you know there's other guys in here to be excited about. But listen, you know there's 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 need at quarterback. And uh, I know they're looking for a solid number two, and there's no reason for me to think that this Minshew kid can't come in there and compete for the second spot. 
so we'll see. He's he, listen. He he could be a good one. I'm thrilled about the pick. And of course, you could have got a receiver and this and that. But you know, uh, as we talked about earlier, listen. Tom Coughlin wants to wants to grab a quarterback, and he did. And I think he he got a good one in the sixth round. Mark, if you're a veteran quarterback with a new team like Nick Foles, and they draft a rookie quarterback, and they do it in the sixth round, what do you want out of that guy? What is your expectation? For him, if he winds up being your backup, if I'm Nick Foles, yeah. if I'm Nick Foles, uh, first of all, Nick Foles is a good guy, and uh, uh, this uh, a six round pick uh, that's a quarterback is not a threat. Right, he's a guy that Nick Foles will be completely comfortable with um, helping, grooming him, coaching him up, and, and, uh, and but listen, with the expectation of Gardner coming in. Uh, handling this right. Um, my experience is I've had guys that we've drafted before that have said, hey, I'm gonna, I am gonna, want to come in and compete, be the best I can, be the guy eventually. No, don't say that, Gardner. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. Come, in here, uh, come in here, get the playbook, understand that the best way to get better is to watch Nick Foles. Lean on Nick Foles. The guy's a Super Bowl MVP. He's had elite moments. He's had great moments. And uh, so to to go in there, work with him. A backup's job in the NFL is to do everything they can to make the starter better. Obviously, they they need to be ready. Whether you're second, third, or fourth, those guys need to be ready because you never know when you're going to be thrown in the fire. But Gardner Minshew, he needs to he needs to learn from Nick Foles. Watch him how he prepares. Watch him in the weight room. See him on the field. Uh, uh, try to get anything you can from how Nick Foles leads. Just. Glean as much as you can from the starter. That's you know, important. It, interesting. This is the two things I like most about Minshew in this pick. Number one, he was going to go to Alabama and basically be a grad assistant instead of going to Washington before Mike Leach came calling to go to Washington State. He was just they were just going to take him, uh, and and he was going to be there and basically start being a coach in essence. So that's the mind he's got. The other thing you said at the, was it at the combine or at, or at one of the uh, events you were at where you thought he was he handled himself as much like a pro as anybody who was out there. I, I thought he really did, and, and uh, you know one of the things we, we we take these quarterbacks, we mentor them, we offer advice, we're a sounding board for them. A lot of kids ask ask questions, and some kids are real quiet; they're overwhelmed. But one of the questions that he asked, which I was impressed with, what's the most important thing I can do before I get to my get to my mini camp? And uh, and the answer was and the answer was, hey, get the playbook, absorb as much as you, as you can, have someone take you through it. What you want to do is is have the offense down as much as you can before you report to rookie to rookie minicamp. And so um, and I thought it was a really bright question. I hadn't you know in the five years that I've done this with the quarterbacks, he nobody has asked that question. But it's the perfect question. Hey, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was impressed with him. I was also impressed in that he was really comfortable. The combine wasn't too big for him. It wasn't overwhelming like it is for a lot of kids. He was comfortable. He was confident. Good personality. He got along really well with the other quarterbacks. He was just enjoying the experience. You could tell there was some maturity there. And uh, I was impressed with the kid. And I expect him to, to come into rookie minicamp and the OTAs in the exact same fashion. Just a kid wants to play football, have, he wants to learn, he wants to have fun, get around the guys and go out there and compete. Yeah, he, I've seen some interviews with him and um, there's no doubt the guy's got a big personality and that's something I think is gonna be 
uh, fun to see here in Jacksonville. Again, I, I expect it, I think he's going to wind up being the backup quarterback, and um, I, I think he's going to be a fan favorite because the backup quarterback is always a fan favorite. But I think because of his personality and the kind of guy he is, I, I think he's really going to. I think so too. And what Gardner will will have to fight against is 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 doing too much. You know. He was the man at Washington State. He'd get outside the pocket. He'd make plays. He'd freelance and, and, and all this stuff. But in the pros, you have to play within the system. You know, this isn't just, hey, nothing's there. Let's run around and, and kind of make something happen. No, they, they want that ball out on time, accurate, the proper reads, and, and going through your progression. So playing with the, within the system is going to be important for Gardner. All right, let's talk about what life is like for these guys who have been drafted and the 21 undrafted rookie free agents who have been signed. Between now and the start of rookie minicamp um, in roughly a week and a half, a little more than that, what what are their lives like right now? Nothing changes for them, Cole. The only, the only difference now is they have a team. So all the preparation that they put into uh, the combine, all the preparation that they put into their, uh, their uh, pro days, they continue that. They work on continuing to get stronger, better feet, They've got to be in the weight room. The quarterback skill guys, they've got, to, they've got to be out there with the football. And so nothing really changes. Actually, it's, it's, it's more of a relief for these guys. They know where they're going. They've got a job. They're employed. Uh, hopefully, they, they get a chance to get a hold of the playbook. So they have some idea before they get to camp uh, really what's expected of them. But continue to train. Um, and then there's all the, the you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta find a place to live. Make sure your family's right, you know, and all th- things like that. You get your flights. When do I report? They just gotta, they just have to continue to work. Uh, but it is a relief for them, for Josh Allen and Jawan and, and Gardner, um, all the guys. They've been drafted. Uh, they're excited about it. They've got a team. They have to continue to work. All right, rookie minicamp, as it sounds, includes the rookies. Yeah. Uh, very creatively named. The the experience they're going to have at that rookie minicamp is sort of NFL offseason with training wheels. Because, yeah, you're going to have the coaches there, but you're not going to have the veterans there. How much different is life going to be for them when they get on the field for the first time with the veterans? It's actually, the rookie minicamp is brilliant. Um, it's it's uh, They're not going to be intimidated, overwhelmed. They understand that the most important thing is, is really to get out there, show what they can do. But really learn the system as fast as they can. They get a little head start before the regular mini camps and the OTAs start. It's, it's good for them because uh, obviously they're going to get reps. You know, for rookie mini camp, Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback. He's the guy, he's in the huddle first. So they get acclimated to the way Doug Marone does things, the pace of practice, uh, that, you know, from one drill to the next, understanding how it works with the Jaguars as far as the schedule, the meals, the meetings, the lift, just putting that all together. And what I liked the most of it when I got to, you know, I don't, we had a mini camp. I don't remember if we had a rookie mini camp. You know what was great about it? It was all football, Cole. I didn't have to worry about school. I didn't have to worry about a homework or a paper or some exam that I had coming up. It is all football, and these guys are going to absolutely love it. All right, you were up in Nashville for the draft, as mentioned. Um, what were your takeaways from that? What things stood out to you about not just the process of these guys getting drafted, but the, the draft itself? Nashville nailed it. Yeah. They nailed it. I mean, there was hun- literally hundreds of thousands of people there. Now they had other things going on. There was a marathon going on. 
some country music festival. I don't know. So Apparently a, a bachelorette party that got a lot of attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a, I imagine there was more than one. But uh, listen, it was crazy. I thought they did a very good job. Um, you know, I was there. I was there. You know, having some youth and high school football meetings that the NFL put on, and, and it, that's a different story. We did some Legends community stuff, some alumni stuff. So I spent most of the time in the in the uh, in the hotel and uh, doing some clinics over by the stadium. So. Uh, but there were so many people having a good time, jerseys from every team, you know, in the NFL. And uh, I think I think Nashville hit a home run. They did it very well, which leads me to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Could we pull this off? I think we could, Cole. But I think, you know, if things continue downtown and what's going to happen around the stadium, I think we're a ways away from that. But once we get some some... Some things built, and we get down the road a little bit. I think Jacksonville could pull this off. You think the Lot J development is essential for the Jaguars to be able to do this sort of thing? I think so. The NFL, listen, they they want some attractions. They want some things that the that the that the fans can get engaged uh, in beyond just this the where the draft location mm-hmm. is. These guys want to do a lot of things, and and they want it to be a fun place. Uh, yeah, we, we could pull it off, but, but uh, again, it'll be down the road once some things get established. Nashville with Broadway and 2nd Ave is built for an outdoor festival. Yes. We were there two seasons ago when the Jaguars played on New Year's Eve in Nashville. And uh, listen, it was cold. It was about four degrees uh, at midnight. But people were out everywhere down there. Uh, those two streets that, that uh, intersect... Broadway and Second Ave, and that whole district down there with all the honky tonks and music bars and the whole bit, right. um, it's set up differently than Jacksonville. Yes, it in is. other words, so it would be a different kind of experience. And I heard several people who were there say Nashville set the bar for everybody else for what what you know how to do a, a draft like that. Yeah, and that's that's good. But Nashville is 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 unlike most places that will host the mm-hmm. draft. Yep. I mean, there's just not a lot of Nashvilles. I think next year's at Vegas, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, obviously that will be a draw. Yeah. Um, so it'll be different. Listen, New Orleans would be a sort New of New Orleans thing. would be like yeah. that, but you know, it was in Dallas. Dallas pulled it off. Obviously they have the stadium, the facilities and different things. A different feel there, but but uh, um, yeah, I, I mean I I I say the Jag, Jaguars could pull it off or Jacksonville could pull it off because I want them to to at least get the opportunity. Let's see how this goes. And uh, I don't think we'll be having a Super Bowl here in, in the near future, but we could pull off a draft. All right, last thing. How much better are the Jaguars today than they were before the draft? Listen, I, I think they're much better now than I expected them to be. Really, I'm pleased with the draft. I'm excited about it. The fact that we, we actually got Josh Allen, are you kidding me? That's a surprise. That's a surprise. We also addressed some needs. I'm excited to see this tight end. Listen, uh, Jawan Taylor, uh, I was talking to Jeff Logman last night. He's a day one starter. Yep. He's a day one starter. We've addressed that need. Um, we've got a tight end and, and uh, we've got a quarterback. I'm thrilled about it. I think we're a lot better. Um, again, I'm not giving it a grade. It's an but a. It's, it, I'm not giving it a grade, it's an a. but I will say that it's above a B, all right? But ask <laughs> me in a year. I hope I'm right. At least this one, I think I'm going to be right, that this is a very good draft class. You want guys in your draft to come in there and compete and immediately contribute. We didn't have that very much last year. So uh, I'm excited about it. About this. Uh, kudos to, to Dave Caldwell, Tom Coffin, Doug Marone. This was a good one, and it's something for all of us to get excited about. Do you want to grade last year's class? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> 
No, I don't. He said, let's "Ask you to hear." Let's just say it's it, it's below a B. Okay, far below a B. That's, that's all I'm going to say. When you hit on the first and second rounds, it helps your draft in a hurry. And remember, there have only been 15 players drafted by the Jaguars who have ever made at least one Pro Bowl. The Jaguars have a chance to have a couple of Pro Bowlers potentially out of this draft, which would make this one of the better drafts in Jaguars history if they live up to expectations. We'll see if they do that. Mark, thanks a lot. My Remember, pleasure. you can always subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can always find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunell, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks so much for listening to Teal the Podcast.